Herman has had 25 years. 25 years ago, Alex and I sat in a council office in a little city of Peskov in the north of Russia and signed to adopt a little boy. He was an orphan. Well, he wasn't an orphan in terms of having no parents, but he had no parents who would look after him. And so that was a one-off decision. We'll do it. But it actually was a story of God. I'm not going into that. That's not my brief today. But it was an incredible story of God. But the fact of the matter was that this one-off decision was not the end of it, as you can well imagine. This little boy came with a full set of baggage at two. And we had to walk through that. And we still walk through it. And you know what I want to say to you about orphan-heartedness, which is what I'm going to speak about, is it's just not a bing and it's gone. And as God's family, he calls us to gather around and walk through this together with each other. You know, I had a boy who had a lot of stuff that came from an absolutely rotten past. You might not have actually been technically orphans. You know, I had a girlfriend who actually I taught in my second year of teaching a while ago, just a few years ago, and she came to know the Lord through some things that happened, but she came from a family where her mother had left and her father was an alcoholic. And the number of times that she spent Saturday night on our couch because it wasn't safe at home. And in her were great pockets of orphan-heartedness that led her to, even as a Christian, behaviours that were less than God had planned for her, were terrible. And she came to me at one time and she said, can I come and see you? Because she was living somewhere else after school, high school finished. And she was anorexic. That was a control that she could have when she hadn't had a control over a whole lot of things that had happened in her life. And then she came to me to tell me that she was gay. Look, remember, she made a decision to follow Jesus. But she was broken. And the Lord said to me, get the Bible verses out and quote them to her one after the other. No. <coughs> Just checking you're listening. <laughs> oh, there was a bit of worry there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there was this quietness. <laughs> The Lord said to me, just, you know what he's going to say? Just love her. Just love her. And so began a 40-year friendship. You know, we're still friends today. And God has led her from that kind of no family to being part of our family at every child's birthday and all those kind of celebrations to the stage where some of our lovely friends who had no children just connected with her and said to her, 
Let's put a tiny house on our property so that you can live with us. And like about 15 years in, she's still there, part of their family grouping. So where she came from, utmost loss, God put her in families, in a family. Do you know that if you read the word of God and you find that God puts the lonely in families, do you know that the root word for orphan is lonely? And it's the same word as when you read the word fatherless in the Old Testament. In all the Psalms, the number of times you read about God loving the fatherless, looking after the fatherless, that's orphans. doesn't mean you have no parents necessarily, but it means that there's a lack, there's an incredible insecurity. I look at it like this. God talks about slaves. And he talks about orphans. Both are really bad things. And both of them, he says, don't be in that place. I want to take you out of that place and into sonship, daughtership. And it comes from both places. So some of you might have a slave thing because you made some bad choices and the devil dragged you down into the pit. But some of you didn't have any options and someone else dragged you down into the pit. But whatever that looks like, God says, I have a process to deal with this. You know, when there's slavery, there's a process, and it is redemption. You know, the slave stands on the slave block, and someone's going to buy that slave, and it's Jesus. And he's paying with his blood. It's a very costly payment. And that's what he did for us. When we were slaves to sin by our choices and by other people's choices, he bought us with everything he had, the best he had. You know, but you might be an orphan. And what does it, is it that characterizes an orphan? Now, an orphan has no family or no family, no secure family connection. And an orphan has no sense of belonging. Now, God says to that person, ah, I have a way for you. And that way is called a process called adoption. And he talks about the spirit of adoption, whereby we become the children of God. You know, I told you it's a one-off thing, you sign it, but it's not a one-off thing, you live it out with that person. And I believe this is what God is calling us to take note of this morning, the fact that as a body, God is giving us an incredible invitation this morning to take hold of these people who have orphan in them. Did you know that there's a special name for the kind of stuff that goes on in an orphan breaks them, and it's called attachment disorder. And these people, these young, often children, who haven't had any experience of real love, find that they actually can't. They just can't accept it. And that's attachment disorder. Did you know that in an orphanage, 
there's sometimes a room for the children who will not thrive. There's nothing wrong with them physically, but they die. And why do they die? They die of hopelessness. Even when they don't have a conscious thought yet, they know subconsciously, deep down, that nobody cares. And it's called failure to thrive. This is just the normal things that happen in a terribly abnormal situation. There is no orphan that comes out of an orphanage that isn't special needs. I don't care if you can't see it, but it's there because the lack of the love of family breeds the devil's stuff. And we end up with bits in us that are highly competitive, that strive, 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 that don't trust people, that don't like authority, that, um, well, you know, they look very much like a religious spirit sometimes, but they come from a terrible, gaping wound. Let's read. So I've got a few verses here. Now, the first two, you don't need to turn to. John 14, 18. I will not leave you an orphan, says the Lord. I will come to you. Now, obviously, he's not talking about an orphan orphan, a physical orphan, because these guys, you know, we know about their mothers and stuff like that. He's talking to the disciples, but he knows that when he leaves, if something doesn't happen that continues to give them a feeling of belonging, that they will feel like orphans. And he's saying, no, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, because what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit wraps around us with his presence and is our comforter and guide. And the Holy Spirit makes known to us the Father and the Son. So the way we get to know the Father, our beautiful Father God, is through the Holy Spirit. And if you think, oh, actually, I only like Jesus, the Father and the Son are one. So if you like Jesus, well, then actually you like the Father. And if you don't think that works, check what you're thinking about who the Father is, because you might just have that wrong perception of who the Father is. He came, Jesus came to reveal the Father. Okay, so let's look at Psalm 68, 5 and 6. <clears throat> this is what the Father said, that Jesus, not Jesus, the Father, God the Father says he's a father to the fatherless. Our defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling, God sets the lonely in families. It's sort of like an invitation, really. Okay, let's go to Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 14. <clears throat> For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive doesn't make you slaves so that you live in fear again, but rather the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry this very intimate, Abba, Papa, 
The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. Now, if we are children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. And then let's go last again to Galatians 4, which we had last week. Got to have it again. Galatians is full of law and grace and freedom. Okay, so Galatians 4, verse 4. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you're his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you're his child, the Lord has made you also an heir. Wow. So what we take is we take someone who has had none or some of the things that God designed for them to have robbed by the devil, and we put our hands up as sons and daughters of God and say, I will be part of this process of adoption. Because, you know, we are the ones that God has put on earth to do the work that he has. So this is my challenge this morning. You know, God will deal so graciously and so beautifully and so healingly with every person who has a chunk of orphan heart. And you'll know. And there's a process, but it can start this morning. It can start this morning with you saying, I recognize I need healing. And I'm sorry for my reactions. And I forgive the people who didn't do what they should have done. And I accept the Father's love. There's a lot of other things. We can't be simple about this. This is a process, but God wants us to start it. And he says to you, if you're feeling there's a chunk inside you that's not right, go start. Start today. And these people will walk with you and help you because after that little process comes the learning to walk, thinking good thoughts. This is a really hard one. When you have tuned into negative thoughts and the lies of the devil for so long, it's a learning process. You need to be accountable to someone. And you need that somebody to be somebody you trust from the family. Yeah. So it's a process. You know, Galatians talks about the people who are sons of God, but when they're just children. And really, you can't differentiate when you just look on the surface so much between the child and the slave because the child is still learning. And so full freedom can't be available to them right at the start or they'll just mess it up. And it is a messy walk. Walking out of orphanhood is a messy walk. Two steps forward, one step back. 
learning that when you fall, it's okay because the Father's love is unconditional. So it doesn't make a difference to his love that you made a proper mess. It doesn't make a difference. This is just such an awesome thing for an orphan-hearted person or a slave. It doesn't make a difference. You are not judged on your performance. Okay, it's a bit like the religious spirit stuff as well, but orphans are always striving to do anything they can to fit into a place where possibly they might belong, but unfortunately they always have that little tag that says, you don't belong. And so we, as the family of God, are, are being called by God today to be the people who hang on to them and who walk with them through those ups and downs. You know, we're seeing that God has got a different thing for us next year. And what God has said to me about this is that he is raising up people who will quickly deal with their own messes. Because there's mature people in this place who've still got a few little messes. And he's saying to you, deal with them quick because I've got people that you need to walk with. We've got to deal with ourselves first. And God's saying to us, do it, do it, do it, and do it. And I hear him saying, hurry, hurry. I've got people waiting for you. And it's now is the time of salvation. Now is the time <coughs> to bring people into wholeness. And you know, Al told me this. I believe everything Al says. And um, <laughs> he told me that um, evangelists sometimes think that uh, evangelism is a bit like tag and run. I've got you, oh, now I've got you, that's two, three, oh, I'll finish for today, next week, some more. But, you know, it's actually evangelism and bringing people into the kingdom isn't a giant paintball game. You know, we don't splash a whole lot of paint on them and hope that some of it dribbles down to the heart and go off and find another one. Actually, it's so, so not that. You know, it's the walking with. We can recognize things in a person. It's really easy to recognize people. Oh, I can see a spirit of. Ooh, out spirit. Ah, I hate you. <laughs> but actually, I see it. Oh, Father, they're going to come to you. Oh, be healed in Jesus' name is a good start. And walk with them. So you can recognize something and you can react. Oh! Or you can recognize something and you can respond. And you can respond with eyes of love, fully knowing it will cost you. Let's just face that now. You know, you don't build a tower unless you've counted the cost, Jesus says. So we need to actually... Be real about this before we get started. You won't go through this without it costing you dearly. Is the cost okay with you? For some people, you'll be thinking hard about it. You know, um, the cost of 25 years with a young, dear person who has had many, many gaps in here has been very costly. And it continues to be very costly. Because God doesn't call us to the easy road 
You know, the things that are easy are not always the right things. God calls us to see what the right road is and to walk down that road with determination. And, you know, he's saying to us, come on, guys, be determined. Get in your space with me and say, I will do this. I choose to be a helper, a responder for the people that you are going to call into this place. 